You're entering the Nerd United Nations podcast. Nicholson and Jared Boots. All right, welcome to the Nerd United Nations podcast. Um, I'm your host, Melissa Nicholson from the Great White North, which is super cold right now. <laughs> As it be. And I could not do this alone because it would probably be one heck of a train wreck. <laughs> it might burn in flames. I don't know. Um, here with me is my uh, co-host from the Midwest United States, Jared Boots. How are you now? Oh, I'm doing okay. Hey, I got an idea. Let's say we go out and have a couple drinks, kill a few candles, we'll feel much better. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, in this episode, uh, if you didn't get that quote, it's from the episode of The Flash. It's a Christmas episode called Running to Standstill. It's from um, season two, and it's episode nine. Um, it's basically it's um, believing the Flash to be weakened. Weather Wizard returns to uh, break out Captain Cold and the Trickster out of Iron Heights prison, and basically it's his plan to seek revenge against him. And it's at takes place at Christmas time, and. Um, whole bunch of shenanigans ensue after that. <laughs> and probably Lots. what makes this episode is the trickster. <laughs> 42 minutes of Mark Hamill shooting some beautiful scenery. <laughs> it is wonderful. It is. His trickster is off the rails. It is, yeah. I forgot how funny it was. Like, I just watched it again recently and I just, oh my god, he he makes that episode just hilarious. You know, the, like, like Joe has a funny line of, like, it's official, Santa hates us, but Hamill's trickster just has all the lines and songs, and it's just, oh. Well, to be fair, since you're, you're not a... You're not a Captain Cold fan like I am. I, I like uh, Leonard Snart too in this episode. I've, yeah. I, I was a huge. I'm a huge fan of Wentworth Miller's uh, Captain Cold. Yeah. See, I don't like. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of him. But there were moments I didn't mind him. I'm not like completely against him, but I'm just like, yeah. There were moments where I kind of was like, okay, go away. But then it was like, okay, I don't mind him. So it's sort of. I'm on the fence with him. 
<laughs> him with him with a him with a little reindeer mug of uh, hot cocoa. I have that gift saved on my phone to send to people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Hello, Barry. <laughs> I think this is one of the last episodes we see him as Captain Cold from this Earth before he goes and joins the Legends of Tomorrow. I think they show him in. Uh, I can't think of his name now. Uh, Heat Wave. They showed him. They showed him those two together in Central City at the beginning of uh, Legends of Tomorrow. But I think it's like the last episode we see of uh, Leonard Snart on the Flash as Earth One. Leonard Snart. Yeah, that's true. I think he dies at the end of uh, Legends of Tomorrow season one. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I have to say this is definitely one of my favorite episodes. Uh, probably definitely. I I'm still like a season and a half behind on the Flash, um, as of the time of this recording. But this still ranks as top five favorite episodes. Usually, it's the both Mark Hamill trickster episodes, season one and season two. Uh, the first couple Gorilla Grodd episodes are really good. Even the one where they go to the Gorilla City, that one's a good too. Yeah, that one's really good. <clears throat> but uh, how often? Where does this does this one rank at all on your favorite episodes of The Flash? It it definitely it would it would be probably second on my list of like if it were to make it like a top five, it would certainly be second. Um. Because I did like, yeah, when they went to the Gorilla City, that one was really cool. I like that one. Um, I don't know if it would be first, though, but, yeah, I don't know where I'd place them. But definitely it would be, like, a second having a fight with first. Because, you know, it's a great episode and it's hilarious. So, yeah. Yeah, all the, all the stuff with Grodd has been good. Uh, mm-hmm. The first King Shark episode was pretty good, too. Yeah, King Shark ripping up the open the roof of the house. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> so I think this. I, I think one thing I like about this season two is this. Is, it kind of uh, preluded to season three, where we started getting horror icon villains voicing the main villain. Because in this season, season two, you had Tony Todd, the Candyman himself, doing the voice of Zoom. Mm. And then you had season three, you had Tobin Bell, better known as Jigsaw, from the Saw franchise, doing the voice of uh, Savitar. Mm-hmm. So that was a cool little thing we had going on there, too. Now we had all these horror icons voicing main villains. Yeah. And you actually, we got a lot of big name people that played villains in this in this universe, too. Mm-hmm. This is pretty cool. But nothing nothing shines brighter than Mark Hamill playing the trickster. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool to have, you know, the the, you know, horror icons whatever, but yeah, Mark Hamill just he 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 takes gold for that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just, you know. And you know, we're Great. Greg Berlanti, if you're listening to this episode, which I know you are, now that Star Wars is done, bring back Mark Hamill, goddammit. <laughs> yes. 
We need <laughs> James <laughs> Jesse. We need James Jesse back in Central City. Mm-hmm. You already brought back Prank. You brought back Axel. Bring back James Jesse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to start a riot <laughs> if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Get him, make it an episode nine of season seven, the rise of Trickster. Yes. <laughs> we already know you like to throw Star Wars references in every episode that Mark Hamill is in. So. so that there's your opportunity right there. The door is like open. You don't even have to kick it down. You just walk through and boom. Or you can walk right through it, or you can just walk right through the walls like Luke did in uh, The Last Jedi. That's true. (laughs) Who needs a door where you can just walk right through it? (laughs) Yeah. So you get a Star Wars reference in this episode of how the uh, weather wand looks like a lightsaber. Mm hmm. It does. So, Trickster side, how, how do you feel about? I know Wentworth Miller is not Captain Cold's not one of your favorite villains. Well, how, what do you think about either him or uh, Weather Wizard in this episode? Because I think this was the first time we saw Weather Wizard in a while too. Yeah, it had been a while that since we had seen him, and then he he showed up in this one, and um, <clears throat> I thought like it was sort of interesting with like Snart because he was. You know, sort of like villain guy, but then it it sort of shows like his, um, you know, like Barry calls him, you know, you're a bad villain this week, you know, and it's sort of like showing his like vulnerability, like he's he's sort of like he he kind of he says he doesn't want to be the hero, he doesn't want to do good, but I think he kind of does. Like there there's you know somewhere in there he he really he struggles with that where he wants to, you know, be a bad guy, be villain, do whatever. But then he also wants to be good. And like, I think him, you know, going to see, you know, Barry Allen and sort of telling him what's going on was his sort of way of like, you know, giving him that sort of like, Hey, this is what's going on. And, you know, so yeah, I think he, he kind of shows this little bit of like that vulnerable side to him that, he it's showing he's he struggles you know he he struggles with the dark side <laughs> so well, it's it's a, it's a, it's a very fitting uh it's very fitting to how snart is usually portrayed in the comic books um captain cold's usually all about the heists like stealing money and all this stuff he's he has a the rogues in the flash universe almost have most some of them follow like a code of ethics like an honor amongst thieves. Um, I think no women, no kids get hurt. So uh, you can see that Captain Cold, he's not interested in killing the Flash. He's more about robbing shit and all that stuff. Yeah. He's, the, the big break is all, is all he's about. Yeah. Well, exactly. I don't think he's... Yeah, like he'll he'll rob stuff, whatever, steal things. But he's he's not... He's not the... Oh, I'm gonna have a arch enemy, and you know it's gonna be the Flash, and I'm gonna kill him. And it's like, no, he's he's not really out for that that glory. Like he's just, ah, eh, I I can go be a shit disturber and 
you know, in in little ways, but he's not the you know big flashy villain, you know. And I think it would be kind of weird to see him as that that kind of big villain. Like he's no, he's just a you know likes to to have a finger in the pie of little things, and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, for his for him, it's all about the gets. What what's in what's in it for him? Yeah. That's one of the first things I ask him. And uh, he asks Martin when they break him out. But uh, <clears throat> one of those, I love this episode too because that's one of the first times we actually had like a probably at, at this point in the show, season two is probably the most rogues we had in one episode um, because we didn't have yeah uh, unless you count. Uh, Captain Cold, Heat Wave, and uh, his sister Golden Glider appearing all together, but um, probably one of the first times we actually had multiple rogues appear at once, and like later on this, this season or season three, we got Top and Mirror Master with quick appearance from Snart. But uh, it's nice, I would like to see them tackle more rogues at once. Like throw Trickster, Top, Mirror Master, so I'm I'm a little behind in the show, but we haven't seen Mirror Master and Top in a while either. Yeah. Th- now with uh, with Earth One Leonard Snart being dead, and um, he'd made other appearances of, as different Earth Snarts, but makes me sad that Wentworth Miller's retired from this because I I really did like his performance of Captain Cold. He has a uh, he's got that kind of cool kind of cool kind of cockiness to him. When he plays yeah. it, yeah, like he—he's that, yeah, that cool cockiness, but it's—it's it's also slightly, yeah, that cool subtle cockiness to him. Like he's not overly, like he's not like, hey, look at me. It's that, yeah. So, well, he, yeah. Put, he goes and puts the dead man switch on his cold gun. He just nonchalantly <laughs> flashes, got him up against, like, ah, uh, you're out of many marshmallows. I checked. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you hear I had a bad childhood <laughs> you had a bad childhood <laughs> yeah. yeah it's those moments where I didn't mind him where he's just he's so nonchalant about everything like he's just eh, you know whatever it's a, it's a cool it's a cool confidence I wouldn't say it's cockiness and it's, uh, yeah, no, confidence. Forgive, 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 forgive the bad pun for saying a cool confidence about Captain Cold, but ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> missed that. That's sad. <laughs> You're out of the many marshmallows. I checked. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> Hello, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> he got props to start for not get spilling the beans and who the Flash is. And oh, I've always loved how he, whenever him and Barry interact, it's always something around those lines. Uh, there's an episode in probably late late season one, or probably late season one, where Captain Cole. I think it is because when they they're trying to transport the villains to. Uh, Transport um, the villains to the to the island. To the yeah. And he goes to meet Snart at a bar and then just like that, hey Scarlet Speedster. 
<laughs> yeah, so casual and about it. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's... So what do you? How do you feel about uh, Zoom being the big villain? For who's been so far? Of all you, see, keep in mind you're a season and a half ahead of me, practically. Who's been your best? Who's been your favorite big bad? It was it, uh, Reverse Flash from season one, Zoom from season two. Even though technically they're the same fucking person in the comics. Um, <laughs> has it been Savitar? Has it been uh, Brain? No, not Brainiac. I almost said Brainiac. Uh, uh, the th- the thinker. The thinker. Um. Oh. I kind of liked, because, yeah, the Thinker was the most recent, yeah. He was season, he was season four. Season four. Um, it's a, it's a toss-up between, between the, yeah, the Thinker and Savitar, because I really liked the storylines of both of those. Like, it wasn't, I found, like, the the first two were sort of, like, it was still good, but it was, it seemed, I don't know, too, maybe not, maybe it's the wrong word to say, but, like, too easy in some ways, like, for dealing with those guys. But then it got more complicated with, like, Savitar and, and then the Thinker. Like, I just, I really like those. Um, but I think, oh, I think we're going to go with Savitar. Savitar is a good one. Well, the big, be- the only problem they had fighting Savitar is Barry couldn't stop fucking with the timeline. I know. I was like, <laughs> really, Barry? Can you s- just stop? I'm like, I kept thinking, okay, where's where's the doctor? Can the doctor go yell at him and say, stop fucking with timelines? Because he'd, he'd have a, just, come on. Where's Where's the blue box to go and just. Time Lord yelling. Yeah, <laughs> I would think the thinker was a little. I would say the thinker was a little bit bigger of a foe for for Barry and Savitar, just because uh, uh, Devoe was always like once he had every situation. He knew everything was going to happen. He knew what was going to happen. He was ten steps ahead of Barry at all he was times. Basically, like Batman. He was he was way ahead of everybody, and that's what that's why it's sort of like yeah I like Savitar, but then like yeah Devoe was he was clever, he was just way the hell ahead of everybody, and they're trying to catch up, and the minute they catch up, no he's twenty steps away, you know, or ahead, like you know, it was it was good, um, yeah. So yeah, it's, no. I don't know who I could really pick. Like yeah, I kind of said like I said Savitar, but I kind of I like both of those those villains really because they both had decent storylines. Like it was you know, but the uh, okay maybe I'll, I'm going to scratch that. Devo was Devo was a good one because that story was yeah they were trying to figure it out and they think they have him and then he's gone again and. And it was a definitely a strong story, which was good. Quite like, quite enjoyed that. Well, call me the purist, but I I like 
I like a good Flash reverse Flash storyline. So I like I think reverse Flash is probably one of my favorite big bads. Yeah. But I remember season two is just trying to figure out who Zoom was, trying to figure out who was the guy in the Iron Mask in the in the cell. I was saying it was Ronnie the whole time. Uh, fire, the the original other half of Firestorm, mm-hmm. or it might have been Eddie. Somehow Eddie survived and uh, became uh, got locked in that cell with him. Yeah, yeah we had a nice reveal that was the real, well, the real Jay Garrick. Please stand up. Please stand up. Please stand up. <laughs> <laughs> I called it actually on that one when I was because it was fun to figure out. It was like. Okay, you've got him, whatever, and then the Iron Mask one. I'm like, I just, I, I don't know. I somehow was like, it's gotta, it's gotta be him. Like, it just, I can't remember what it was that was like, oh, it's him. Like, I pieced it together. It was like, boom! And they revealed him, and I'm like, freaking called it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was, it was fun to figure out, and, you know, they kind of, Kept you kept you in the dark for a good little bit, but that's what makes it fun to watch and figure out, right? So I, I thought it was better revealed than who Savitar really was. Yeah, Savitar was a bit lame was, on that reveal. I was like, kind of a letdown. Yeah, I was expecting a little bit better from that because it they sort of I don't know. I felt like they kind of built up to it, and then it was like oh, like yay! Like it's just some like loner in the middle of a room with a uh, what's the I don't know with like a party hat or something you know just yay <laughs> I, remember, I, remember, I remember trolling you when you were starting to watch this flash when, you, when uh, they revealed who the reverse flash was just trolling you <laughs> it's Harrison <laughs> Wells is it <laughs> is it <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I remember I was I was so ragey over that. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I remember the first time they show Harrison Wells standing by the chair like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? But uh Bringing it back to bring it back to this episode, I, I I did like Tony Todd's performance of Zoom. I think his voice is very fitting. His it's one of my favorite performances by Tony Todd, including Candyman or The Crow, or uh, well, he's the only reason to watch Hellfest, the movie Hellfest that came out a few years ago, and they advertise him being in the movie. He's in it for two fucking minutes, over halfway through the movie. <laughs> also. I also liked him briefly in uh he was briefly in uh the first Hatchet movie. Uh, I, d- I really did love Tony Todd's performance of Zoom throughout this, especially when we get to the opening of this episode where you mentioned at the beginning of the episode when you were doing the synopsis of how Zoom is essentially trying to drain the flash or get the flash of speed. <clears throat> and uh he's been torturing Harrison Wells or Harry We'll call him Harry. It's Harry in this season. Yeah. So it's Harrison Wells, season one. Harry, season yeah. two. HR, season three. <laughs> but, uh... Or he was a death. Tom, Tom Cavanaugh, I think, loves this fucking role. I think so. And it's like... 
I think it's just because like he he's not always playing the same character. Like okay, it's you know Harrison Wells and then Harry and then HR and then uh, Sherlock. I freaking I love HR and Sherlock. Like they're the best. Then you have uh, then you have the other Earth Harrison Wells. Uh, yeah. that was like the the steampunk one and the yeah the Playboy and the German one. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like yeah I could see how like that would be so much fun to play all these different characters and like they're all so different and you know and unique in their own way. So it's like yeah you get to have a lot of fun with that. <laughs> but, uh, what up? I, I do like how Tony Todd does perform in this one. And I just love that opening of the Merry Christmas. Just staring at HR. <laughs> or no, Harry, staring at Harry and he's doing the yeah. Merry Christmas. It's a very Christmas-centric episode. They've, they do weave Christmas in quite a bit to it with the gifts and everything. And yeah. uh, Speaking of gifts... Um, See, Iris is going to give Barry the Flash action figure. Shameless, uh, shameless merchandise plug. Um, when I was watching this last night, what do you think? What do you prefer better of like this being like almost like a self-aware kind of thing? Do you prefer this with the Flash and Green Arrow action figures existing in the Arrowverse, or do you prefer? The X Men being comic books in Logan and in that universe. What do you think is done better? Because I'd say it's the action figures. Is I, I think the action figures and stuff being in the Arrowverse is a little less corny than the X Men being comic books in like Logan. I haven't seen all the X Men movies, but I know the comic books, X Men comic books, play a big factor in Logan. Mm. I would I would agree with you on the action figures because it just yeah it makes it a little bit less like as you said like less corny and it's kind of you know neat that they have that like it's just sort of like you know how the how that world has reacted to it so the, oh they're making like you know action figures making stuff whatever and and you know because they they you know they love him so okay they're gonna make stuff and whatever to you know. So I think I like that. I like that a lot better than, yeah, like it being oh, just you know them in comic books or whatever. Like, yeah, I agree because if they, if if the society wants to show their appreciation for the heroes, they're gonna make kind of like in uh, Suicide Squad, the beginning of Suicide Squad, you see the guys selling <laughs> Superman T-shirts. So, you, so you're that's you're gonna have that if, if people catch on like this. Well, CC Jitters has what the Flash cap coffee drink. Yeah. So they're going to be make, create things like that to show their appreciation for Ollie and for Barry and Kara. So. Yeah, and I think it's 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 a little more real. Like it's okay them showing them you know it's the 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 world around them showing the support and whatever through those little things like you know the action figures the coffee and and those things like that and. You know, I think, yeah, it, it would be, you know, if superheroes existed in in real life, I think that's how it would be. Like, you'd have, you know, t-shirts and stuff and little things like that to show support, you know. You wouldn't necessarily have, well, you know, you might, but, like, comic books and whatever. Like, that's kind of, 
no, not really. Like, yeah, you could, I guess, create a story around them, whatever, but, eh, no, I like, I like the, the kind of, you know, the, the making things and, and, you know, showing tribute, and I, I like that a lot better. And they, plus they make, in Logan, they make the comic book such a huge plot of the movie, because they're trying to find this place in the comics. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> any favorite moments that stand out for you in this episode? Favorite moments? Um, I like. Uh, I can't pick because I love all the trickster <laughs> scenes. <laughs> it's such a what it is. Pretty much, pretty much any time Mark Hamill's on screen in this episode. <laughs> I think, it delivers. Yeah, I I love. Um, okay, I've got two two favorite moments. Um, one when he's singing, he's like deck the halls with body parts from a girl named Holly. Fa la la la. -la. <laughs> I love. I'm that not one. sure that's how the lyrics go. And I'm. Um, oh, it's I'm a line. very I'm a very creative person. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about that. <laughs> and then, um, and then I love when um, they're like at the end when you know Barry confronts whatever, and then it's his girlfriend who's going to kill uh, Martin because you know everything that happens, she's going to kill him, whatever. And then he, Patty, and then, Patty, 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 Patty. I'm like, what's her name? I can't think of her name. Well, uh, this. Well, it's brought up in a, one of my favorite shows, Scarlet Velocity, where every time they introduce an important character, they repeat the name. So every time Patty showed up, it's always Patty, Patty Spivet. Because in this episode, we also get Wally, Wally West. <laughs> every time they say Wally, it's Wally, Wally West. <laughs> Patty, Patty Spivet. So we talk about Scarlet Velocity on this episode about how uh, one of the host's friends had a... Well, they mentioned somebody's name dramatically. I have to go back to Wikipedia and look it up who it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when Patty Spivet first came on, I, I can't stop breaking the habit of saying Patty, Patty Spivet every time she was on. <laughs> every time she was in an episode, Patty, Patty Spivet. <laughs> so, yeah. the girlfriend's name is Patty, Patty Spivet. <laughs> Oh, and then, yeah, continuing on. <laughs> um, when, you know, Barry, he's, you know, telling her to, you know, his speech, whatever, and then Trickster's like, that was beautiful. And he gets all choked up, and he's tied up with the Christmas lights. It's like, that's my favorite. So, yeah, uh, those two those two are my uh, <laughs> favorite parts of it. I want to make a Christmas decoration of Trickster tied to a lamp, lamp post with Christmas lights. That would be awesome. <laughs> Only a few people would get it, and those people are awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I agree, Prince. Anytime Mark Hamill is on screen, it is just pure gold. And so, off air, we mentioned that, it, yeah, Mark Hamill's trickster is just off the rails in this episode. Like, he was still somewhat with it in the first season one episode. Mm. But this one somehow it was between these episodes 
Trickster just went nuts in that freaking jail cell. And you could tell from the beginning of the episode because when they break Martin breaks him out and he's got drawings of the flash all over and through the cutouts. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember uh when the first Trickster episode came out, um season one talking at, at a at a local comic shop talking to the gal that ran it. Um, you catch a lot of Mark Hamill's Joker in his trickster performance. Mm-hmm. It's a lot different. It's it, even though it is still technically the same James Jesse he played back in the nineties. You're picking up. I pick up more of his Joker in a in his performance now in the new Greg Berlanti Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. With this one, you get you get a lot more. I think in the first episode. The Joker was a little a uh, little more subtle, but I think he's he's gone like more full on Joker voice in a lot of it in this episode. Definitely, yeah. Even like yeah, the first time I um, saw that, it was like yeah, it was very much like Joker esque, but he kind of went full on with it too. Yeah. We we had talked off air about how pretty much everybody that has done the Joker in an animated animated form of the Joker has essentially done a Mark Hamill impression, but they've made it their own. Like, well, some of some have made it their own, others not so much. Like Alan Tudyk is currently voicing the Joker on uh, Harley Quinn on DC Universe, or Kevin Michael Richardson who voiced the Joker on uh, the Batman have. Like have shades of Mark Hamill in their in their in their portrayal. Same with uh, John DiMaggio in Under the Red Hood. DiMaggio's I think DiMaggio's was way more original though than having traces of Hamill in it. Mm-hmm. But then you got guys like Troy Baker who are straight up Mark Hamill impression. Yeah, and like I I don't like that when it's you know there's different incarnations of this character and. You have to, you can be, you're allowed to, to take notes and be inspired by other actors who have portrayed the character. And I know a lot have, you know, they've taken notes from, you know, Mark Hamill, whatever. But you have to make it your own. You have to, like, okay, take a look at this character and, okay, how are you going to portray him? And make it your own. I think that's what needs to happen. I know a lot of people are like, oh, you have to do it this way and that's it. It's like, no, it's not set in stone. There's nothing carved out in stone saying you have to be like, you know, Mark Hamill or you have to be like anybody else that's portrayed the Joker. You just take that and you see this character, you take it and you run with it and do your own thing. And I think that's what you need to do. And it, you know... You can do anything with this character. He's he's a psychopath. He's crazy. He's you know you could do you could make him as friggin' crazy as you want. You could have a lot of fun with it. So I think that's what a lot of people need to you know actors that are gonna you know portraying him whatever. You need to do that. You need to run with it. And I think that goes along with a lot of you know. I think it's kind of hard though because when you have different actors playing the same character and a lot of people they want to be you know oh i want to do what they did well no remember you know you have this character that you you get to portray and you get to run with it this is own it 
Like, just own it and run with it and have fun. You know, don't just copy and paste what somebody else did. So. Yeah, and I did not. I did not say that to shame Troy Baker at all. I do enjoy his performance, but like I say, you could tell it's it's you could tell it's an impression of Mark Hamill. Where I even I think Mark Hamill even said that. Uh, I think say, I think Kevin Michael Richardson won an award for uh, for his portrayal of the Joker on the Batman. Mm-hmm. And I think it, Mark Hamill's friends with all these voice actors, and I think he made a. I think it's great that Kevin Michael Richardson won an award, even though he's doing a clear copy of me or something like that. Like an offhand comment he made, just like fuck with Kevin Michael Richardson. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. like Kevin Michael Richardson, somebody that took that inspiration and made his own. I've mostly can't watch Harley Quinn, but I told her, Alan, our, one of our favorite people of all time, Alan Tudyk, is the voice of the Joker, and he, you hear the Hamill in there, mm-hmm. but it also has an Alan Tudyk spin on it. Alan yeah. Tudyk is is a guy that he can disguise his voice. I ever since I heard Billy West on a podcast talk about voice actors, I've been kind of, been kind of a snob when it comes to like celebrities doing voices. So I think Chris Rock is the most famous one for saying, "Hey, being voiceover is easy. They pay me a million dollars, and all you do is sit here and read this." Layman's terms. But then you get. So, yeah, so you watch Madagascar. Yeah, you give Chris Rock a million dollars, but what you get is a zebra that sounds like Chris Rock. You get a hippo that sounds like Jada Pickett-Smith. You get a giraffe that sounds like David Schwimmer. You get a a lion that sounds like Ben Stiller. Mm -hmm. But you pay Billy West half of that money, and he'll do six voices. Look at uh, Futurama. Half the half the episodes of Futurama are Billy West having a conversation with himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like that's where yeah that's where I admire those actors like who actually, you know, make the effort to be creative, and you know, really make an effort to become these characters and not just reading off a of paper and sounding like themselves. You know. And, uh, and I consider Mark Cam- uh, yeah, Mark Campbell. You could probably swing the swing it both ways. Like, oh, well, he's a celebrity; he does voice acting. Well, yeah, and it's not like every voice he does, like, every voice acting job he does, sounds like Joker. Yeah. Um, but Mark Campbell's got a very distinguishable voice. Maybe because we're such fans of him, we can single it out more. Like uh, when he's on Futurama as a Hanukkah zombie. Or um, Metalocalypse, he's the voice of like two or three characters in Metalocalypse. He was, I don't watch anime, but he was like what Avatar The Last Airbender, I believe. He was a villain on that show. So, <clears throat> so I, I, and Mark Hamill is very well known in the voice acting community too. So, mm-hmm. but, with, but Joker, obviously, he's most well known. But Mark Hamill is actually, to be fair, Mark Hamill's been doing voice acting as long as he's been Luke Skywalker. So I think he started back on uh, it was either Wizards or the I Dream of Genie cartoon from back in the 70s. So Mark Hamill's been doing voice acting a long time, too. Mm-hmm. But so now, so this is Mark Hamill, you're not getting everything. Not everything sounds the same. There's even one of my favorite episodes, is it Justice League action or something like that where it's mark camel doing four different voices mark camel's playing himself the trickster 
the Joker and Swamp Thing. <laughs> and what it is is the trickster and the Joker kidnap Mark Hamill. <laughs> and Mark <laughs> Mark Hamill uses his voice acting impression to impersonate the trickster and the Joker. <laughs> To get them to turn against each other, then then he does the voice of Swamp Thing at the end. Yeah. Wow. I'll, have to sing you, I'll have to sing you that. It's fucking awesome. And they throw and they throw in the fact that uh, well, did you know Mark Hamill's a, apart from being an act, Hollywood actor, he's also an award winning voice actor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like a lot of you can. But Mark Hamill is one of those guys you can pick out his voice. Oh, if you okay. if you pop, pop if you pop up in a cartoon like oh that's Mark Hamill yeah yeah you but know it's, then it's also it's real, yeah. it's real gravelly yeah it's it's definitely distinguishable when you're you know watching it whatever and it's like, oh there he is but then it's also you know I think also like being a fan of him too you just you know his voice and you know you know when he's oh yeah there he is you know. Yeah, uh, uh, I I can't remember the name of the voice he does in metal the character in Metalocalypse because I know he did a couple, but I hear that when I hear him doing dreidel dreidel dreidel, I made you out of C four. <laughs> I couldn't help but finish that line. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you pick up that gravelness and gravelness in his voice. Yeah. Well, going back to the episode once again because we steered away for like the third time, and the Christmas the Christmas train has gone off the tracks again in this episode. Let's talk about the Mandalorian. No, we did that last time. Well, this is the this is the way. I have spoken. I have spoken. But um. What about some of maybe we should talk about some of the other non rogue stuff in the episode? Like, what about the whole love ten- the tension between uh, the romantic tension between uh, Caitlin and quote unquote Jay Garrick? <laughs> we don't. We're, it hasn't been revealed yet who Zoom is yet, but uh, spoiler: it's quote unquote Jay Garrick. I wish I should have looked up the actor's name it was Teddy something, wasn't it? it? Played the uh, Jay Garrick in the, or who we were led to believe is Jay Garrick ends up being Zoom. Ted something. Um, I can't remember now. Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, yeah. What do you think about this stuff or the whole reveal? Of, this is the first reveal of Wally West too, or or. To keep an Arrowverse spirit, Wally, Wally West. <laughs> um, his introduction to the Arrowverse. So is there any non-Mark Hamill, Cole, Captain Cold, uh, Weather Wizard stuff you like about this episode? Um, you know, I like that, you know, there was the, you know, the, with the like the episode, like, you know, you had the, the humor from, you know the the trickster and Captain Cold and all them, but then you had that that sort of more serious story where it was 
you know, there's that the the sort of tension between yeah, Caitlin and Jay Garrick, quote unquote. And, you know, <laughs> I love how, you know, everybody was like, you know, when they finally you know, spoiler alert to anybody who hasn't seen it, when they, you know, kiss under the mistletoe and then they're like, finally <laughs> So everybody's expecting it, waiting for it patiently, and then they're like, "Oh, finally!" You know, and so yeah, I like I like that story. And then also, yeah, you know, Wally Wally West and his reveal, um, and how you know when um, Joe gets told that you know he has a he has a son, and and he's like processing that, and he's sort of you know wondering. You know, is he going to be, is he worthy of being, you know, father to a son? And, you know, because he he had the experience where he knew that, you know, his daughter needed him. And he's sort of like, well, am I going to, basically, like, am I going to have that sort of feeling too? Like, oh, my son needs me or whatever. And then he comes with peace with it in that, okay, you know what, it's, it'll come with time, you know. And then finally meeting his son. And, you know, I think that was kind of a, a sweet reveal that he shows up and, you know, you know, this is, hi, you know, <laughs> like, this is who I am. And, and uh, yeah. So, because he's, you know, and, like, Joe's already come to terms with it and he knows. So it's sort of like, you know, here he is and, okay, you know, let's get to kind of get to know you. So I like that story, too. Like, I like that it wasn't just... Um, you know, all humor and whatever, which would have been, you know, fine. But I like that they had that story too, and that they, sh- you know, Wally Wally West came and said, you know, hi, this is who I am, and you know, so yeah. Oh, uh, I looked it up. It's Teddy Sears. Teddy Sears played a uh, quote unquote Jay Garrick. Mm-hmm. Or Hunter Zolomon, or Zoom, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, the the non main plot point stuff I really didn't like in this episode for some reason. Like, makes I need to go back and rewatch some of the episodes leading up to it when you find out about Jay or uh, sorry Joe's wife coming back, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, Revisiting the relationship between Barry and Patty, Patty Spivet. Yeah. But I remember when Wally Wally West first came on the show, he was kind of a little of a little bitch to Barry. I think that was with the King Shark episode is when you you get a lot of Wally Wally West. And because uh, I remember him calling out Barry for being yellow when a King Shark tears open the roof of the of the house and just pops in. Mm-hmm. But um. And the whole the whole romantic tension between Garrick and Zoom or uh, Jay quote unquote Jay Garrick and Caitlin is like uh, I don't know kind of kind of kind of cheese ball but I do I do like the side plot I I do like the side plot of uh, Harry being torn about whether to help Zoom by draining Barry helping Barry get faster so he can take away Barry's speed. Mm-hmm. Do you think they should have done um, they should have done a standalone Christmas episode? 
without it being connected to any timelines? Do you think that should have been their sort of way? Because, like, it sort of is connected to different timelines. So do you think it should have been a standalone? Where it's not connected to anything and it's just its own little thing? Or what do you think? Well, yes and no. It would be nice for them to take a break from the main big bad at the moment. But, uh, which they kind of do, they don't, they don't really mention Zoom much in this episode. It's more taking care of the big bad of the week. Um, or taking care of the, the villain of the week. Or villains in this episode. But, like I said, I'm still up. But don't they usually, re- this, this, is, this is also the episode before the break, if I'm not mistaken, before the Christmas break they take. But now don't they usually reserve this episode slot for the crossovers? Mm. So they kind of take a break from the main villain at that point. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it'd be nice for them to take a, but, Well, something as serial as this, I don't think it would be wise for them to do like just a standalone Christmas where, hey, we're we're all getting together at Barry and Iris's house, and have a nice Christmas. We're not going to worry about Trickster today. We're not going to worry about Reverse Flash. We're just going to have fun. Let Central City burn if it has to for this these forty one minutes. <laughs> or like if they like if they had the, the standalone, but they had. Like, what if it was, you know, the standalone, but they had the, you know, Trickster and Captain Cole and all that. Like, just have kind of a fun episode like that. And then they have somebody that they're causing issue in Central City, and then they, that's it, you know? Like, maybe if they did something like that. Because, like, I know, like, there's been, you know, other shows and things that have, they, like, they I call it sort of just the fluff episode where it doesn't relate to anything but it's just like a fun episode to watch and then it gets back into the main story especially when it's like an especially intense story it's kind of nice to have that okay that break for a little bit where you don't have to think about you know anything else or the connections or anything and it's just okay it's just a fun episode to watch and then okay back into the the story again well if, if I had to say anything, one of, if I had, I probably have two, two downsides of this episode. And one of them is just so many pots going right now. There's so many pots cooking right now in this episode. Cause you got Harry and zoom that side plot. I don't really consider Jay and quote unquote, Jay Garrick and Caitlin, like a major plot point. Then no. you got Patty and, Patty Patty Spivet and her beef with the weather wizard. And you got um, the whole thing with Joe and Iris and Wally Wally West. So plus then you're trying to then you're trying to balance in their threat of Zoom, their threat of the trickster, the weather wizard, and Captain Cold. So it's just a lot of a lot of balls are being juggled during this episode, and, it's, and we're going right before the break. So you're trying to tie up some loose strings, maybe, or connect some strings. That's true, but if they if they weren't, do you think they should have focused just on one story, like something like? You think they should have focused on, say, like Wally Wally West's story? Like, should that have been part of it? Like, instead of all these other ones? Or, 
Do you think it would have been better if they just focused on one story <laughs> and not a whole bunch of them at one time? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they just got ahead of themselves by throwing all these plot points into it, into the season itself, because the whole thing with Harry and Zoom last off season, um, I believe the whole Wally Wally West thing was just uh, a few episodes before they uh, wrote out Joe's wife, which I can't think of her name right now, off the top of my head. Joe's wife, uh, Francine. Francine, you wrote off Francine not long after this. Yeah. So that only went over the arc of a few episodes. Same with the relationship between Barry and Patty, Patty Spivet. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they just decided this was, hey, let's get all these freaking. Got all these freaking things going right. Well, all these pots boiling right now. <laughs> got to see if we can connect some strings here and work into one episode. Plus, he's got to deal with three rogues at once right now. Mm. Well, two and a half because Snart takes off like, halfway through the episode. Like right on the second commercial break, Snart takes off. So, <laughs> yeah. But I do love how Central City reacts to the snow, like pretty much how most of the world reacts to snow on Facebook. Oh my god, it's snowing! <laughs> oh man, it's snowing! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have windows, we can see that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we should have shown Cisco, shown Cisco going on Facebook and talking about snowing outside or something. <laughs> Oh, it would have been awesome. <laughs> we need to grind because Cisco is our connection to the real world in this in this show throughout the throughout the series. Definitely. <laughs> but uh that would have been funny having Cisco going on Facebook or Twitter and complaining about the snow. <laughs> that it's snowing. Which <laughs> <laughs> just so doesn't stick around very long. Well, it's only used as a distraction to break Snart and James Jesse out of jail. Yeah. It's very, very... Do you notice how low the security was in the maximum security ward? <laughs> and they go to get James Jesse? It's like, wow. The, you know, guys. the only guards you see are the guards that he, he takes out when he first knocks in the doors of the, of the, of the, of the prison. Yeah. Maximum security warden, you don't see a single freaking guard down there. <laughs> Some maximum security ward. <laughs> Let's just casually walk through because nobody's around. <laughs> he, they casually got, because uh, uh, Snart was not in maximum security, but James just was for obvious reasons, and. Uh, <laughs> they casually broke him out as casually as they got snarred out and starts just chilling in his in his room, which is weirdest looking jail cell I've ever seen. No. It looks like a freaking uh like you go to a nursing home or a hospital or something like that. You see like the lounge they let people hang out. That's what his room looked like. That's what his cell looked like. Yeah. But the same for Barry when Barry's dad was in jail too throughout the first couple seasons. This just looked essentially the same. It looked like a freaking lounge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe I I would say 
But I think that right, I think now in the more recent seasons they save this episode, like the December episode before they go into break, they save it for the crossovers. Mm-hmm. Which is right now it's Crisis on Infinite Earth. And since I'm so far behind on the show anyway, I'm probably gonna miss out on Crisis on Infinite Earth. <laughs> I've seen a lot of teasers for it though, with Death of Superman and Michael Keaton and Burt Ward and Linda Carter and Kevin Conroy and Brandon Routh returning as a Superman, which I'm assuming he's not going to be playing the Adam then if he's playing Superman. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, for sure. We've officially made this episode longer than the show itself, which we said was going to be a mini episode. Yeah, mini quote unquote <laughs> uh, closing thoughts on running the standstill Melissa a lot of fun um, definitely yeah there there's a few kind of issues with it, but you know what overall I really enjoyed the really enjoyed the episode it's heck of a lot of fun and it's definitely a part of my you know my cheerathon watch because it's Christmas episode so um yeah and the trickster he just he makes the episode amazing and hilarious so that's what i got it's definitely a more lighthearted touch in what can be a at times can be a good dark not as like not like joker dark or logan dark but it, it gives you that break and all the heaviness. It's nice to have that little lightheartedness and take a break from the dark stuff and you throw Mark Hamill and Wentworth Miller on screen together. Have a little fun with it. But, uh, yeah. Nice little put you in the Christmas spirit too. And oh, exactly. Yeah. You gotta love Mark. You gotta love James Jesse's Christmas carols. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's unavoidable to make a bad flash pun right now, but we got to run. So, <laughs> Melissa, work. Uh, where can the listeners find you at? Oh, they can find me at. Um, they can find me on Twitter and the Instagrams um, at Miss Melissa N. Um, Twitter, I believe, is. Miss Melissa N25, and then it's just Miss Melissa N on Instagram. If I've reversed that, haha. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but yeah, you should be able to find me anyway. Um, you can also find the podcast itself. Um, we have a Facebook page and we have a Twitter page that you can follow us at, and it's both, um, well, on Twitter, it's at NerdNightedPod. Or you just search Nerd United Nations Podcast. And then the same on Facebook. Just Nerd United Nations Podcast. And give us a like. And you can also find us on... Um, of course on Podbean. And also Apple Podcasts. And be sure to... Please rate and review... Um, the podcast. Because that's kind of what gets us... Kind of a little more... Exposure and to be seen. So... Um, that would be awesome if you could do that. And where can they find you, Jared? Well, if you don't know by now, shame on you. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram 
at QCA Mr. J. Because, of course, talking about Mark Hamill, talking about the greatest comic book villain of all time, the Joker. So, very fitting name for me. Mm-hmm. So, this will wrap up this quote unquote mini Christmas episode. <laughs> None of our episodes are mini. Let's just be it, honest. <laughs> it's a, this is the Jay Garrick of episodes, quote-unquote, short episode. <laughs> <laughs> or we can call it Nations. They're not Nations. They're not They're not Nations. Say that three times fast. <laughs> I, did you hear me stutter? I barely said it once. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to leave our junior ambassadors with this. What do you say, speed freaks? You want to roast chestnuts? See ya. The thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone. And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys.